The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and bear with me. I've got a cold. So if you hear somebody going cough, 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 cough in the background, um, it's Lee. No, it, 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 it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a- still getting over it. Stupid radioactive colds. <clears throat> Best. But uh, for millions of years. Yeah, you know, not a. Not a whole lot in the way of news to do on this show. And actually, we're not even going to start with it. We're going to start with something that is not actually movie or TV related. But it is. And I'll make it that way in just a minute. (laughs) Because later this week or next week or, you know, depending on when you listen to the show, it could have been last week. I don't know. Uh, The 2020 Olympic Games... Yeah, I said that right. Uh, They're going to be starting up. Yes, they will. So I thought, what's a good Olympic movie to watch to celebrate the forthcoming Olympics? And the best movie I could come up with was the, let's see, when did this come in? 2016? I'm sorry, 2006. I had three of the digits right. Yeah, that's not bad. The 2006 movie, Stick It. (laughs) Because this movie, to me, sums up uh, competitive gymnastics. It really does. It's a fun movie. It really is. It stars Missy Peregrim. Boy, I'm not going to mispronounce her word. And I I, I thought she was the one from the uh, boxing Clint Eastwood movie. I'm wrong. She's someone else. (laughs) Uh, And Jeff Bridges. And I'm sorry, Nikki Suhu is very cute in this movie. I'm just throwing that out. Anyway, the whole movie centers around uh, Haley Graham, played by Missy Peregrine. Perineum? No, that's wrong. Paramecium. Um, Yeah, that would be wrong. Yeah. Her. She's in trouble with the law, so she's sent back to be with her Olympic hopeful gymnastic group. Really? That's an option? Okay. (laughs) Um, Coached by Jeff Bridges. And basically, the whole movie is a, I mean, it's about gymnastics, but you really want to watch this just for the end scene, which is one of the more beautiful scenes that makes most, just so much more sense than Olympic gymnastics, I'll explain. A (laughs) lot of the rules that go on in this are not, oh, look, they did backflip, 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 super backflip, tumble, 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 tumble stick the landing no that's not it oh no part of her bra strap was showing that's a 0.5 reduction and 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 one of her toes was pointed to the east and that's a 0.5 reduction and there's just a ton of really dumbass rules that have nothing to do with the competition itself and that's where this movie takes it and says and basically they tell the officials stick it which is brilliant. I loved this scene. The rest of the movie is kind of eh, but the end scene is actually worth it uh, to see everybody just kind of go, you know what? Screw your rules. Uh, Cause they don't make a damn bit of sense and they don't. So there's your Olympic movie to watch. There you go. Stick it from 2005. You don't. And you might as well watch that. Cause if you were going to go to Tokyo for the Olympics, you can't go watch the games anyway. So, that's true. Might as well stay home. 
And, and frankly, I mean, I do have respect for the the gymnastics people because, damn, they oh. do a lot of stuff that there's no way in hell oh, I yeah. would ever have a chance of doing. They're, but at the same time, about I can only take about 15 minutes of it before I go, <laughs> yeah, flip, 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 twist, landing. Yeah, okay, let's see what else is on. Click. They are <clears> superb <throat> athletes. That is quite true. I, I, I mean absolutely no offense to anybody. It's just not my thing. Um, I'll go back and watch the end of Stick It Again. Or better yet, <laughs> here's another movie. I saw the trailer for this a couple weeks ago, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have to watch this because it's giving off a very interesting vibe. I can't tell if it's going to be a straight horror movie, which is not my thing. You've listened to the show before. You know that. Right, right. Or is this a horror version of Clue? Which would totally be your thing. That would totally be my thing because Clue <laughs> is my favorite comedy. So the movie I watched is called Werewolves Within, which is kind of kind of weird. And if nothing else, you can watch the first, let's see, 30 seconds of the movie. Because, you know, there's, there's sometimes the horror movie that ha- starts off with the black screen and the spooky music. And yeah. it puts very slowly, puts a quote on the screen. Line by line, finishing with the person who said it. I'm not going to tell you what the quote is. I'm not going to tell you who said it. But once it is completely on the screen, you're going to go, that doesn't make a damn bit of sense with the movie this is supposed to be. And that's how this movie is going to go. That's a good vibe. It's an incredible vibe. It's beautiful. I love it. Here's a bit of the plot. A new forest ranger named Finn Wheeler, played by Sam Richardson, moves to a small town population near, as I can tell, 14. Basically, the rest of the cast. And he finds uh, something that vaguely resembles chaos. Uh, thankfully, male woman Cicely Moore, played by Milana Vaintrub. Vain, Vain I hate the, some of these names sometimes. I really do. You know who she is? It's the eight girls from AT&T girl. commercials. I recognize the name. <laughs> I didn't recognize the name, but I looked at her and went, hey, that's AT&T girl. I like her. She's, I, I can't stand AT&T, but I like her. And, and anyway. Marvel needs to do Squirrel Girl, and she needs to play Squirrel Girl. That may work. Anyway. Anyway, male woman Cecily Moore is there to fill in Sam on everything that's going along, and Sam is... There's also, uh, I'm sorry, get Finn uh, keyed in on everything. There's another guy who just moved into town named Sam Parker, who is trying to get a pipeline built through the town. So he's buying up real estate, but he won't finalize everything until everyone is on board. Do you see a motive? Uh, There's also an innkeeper who lost her husband, a flamboyantly gay millionaire couple who just moved to town. A psychotic couple, Gwen and Marcus, who need more therapy than the budget of this film could afford. Oh, my God. Hmm. Anyway, a massive snowstorm hits town, pretty much destroying the road, the road out of town. And all the generators have been destroyed by, is it a knife? Could it be teeth marks? Uh (gasps) Uh-oh. So everyone decides to stay up at the inn for safety when people start dying. Now, visiting ecologist Dr. Ellis concludes that there's a werewolf that's doing it. And that's when the movie really starts to take off. It It is bizarre. It is fun. It is very much like Clue in the most wonderful of ways. Because I'm, I'm going to make this analogy here. Clue is to murder mysteries 
as Werewolves Within is to horror. It's that kind of a level of movie. Uh, it is currently available on Prime Video and YouTube uh, for rental, unfortunately, but that's okay for $6.99. And here's something that I didn't find out until uh, very late. It's based on a 2016 Ubisoft video game. I did yeah. not know this. It was a, a VR game for the PS4 or the Oculus Rift. The game itself, <clears throat> well, it, it looks kind of crap, really, if I'm honest about it. But the movie is pretty much awesome. So here's the twist. I have found the best video game movie ever, and it's from a video game that kind of sucked. And that might the be point the point that I'd never even heard of it until I caught it in the closing credits. That might be the, the, the cue, the clue, the thing that makes it work. That, that might be it. This movie was wonderful. I will tell you, pay attention to the language people use. It comes into play later. Ooh. Trixie. 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 You know, watch the trailer for it. It is As soon as I decided I was doing it for this show this weekend, I have seen uh, like 30 different ads for it on Facebook. Which wow. means they're listening to me. <clears throat> But, the, you know, Werewolves Within, it's a great movie. And it did start me thinking about something because they did start off with, oh, you're Cicely Moore. You're the mailman. Sorry, woman, male woman. And I thought we need to have another word for that. Because ma mailman does, is outdated and misogynistic, apparently. Male woman does not roll off the tongue the way I'd like it to. So check this out. Female. M-A-I-L. The, the M-A-I-L is for the male. The F-E is for iron. 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 That, that's, that's all I got. So the Iron Woman, which is similar to Iron Man, which is my segue into the Marvel stuff we're doing this week. Which is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. We are doing a lot of Marvel stuff this week, for sure. We, we got a lot of Marvel stuff. Iron Man was originally going to be in one of these shows and got cut because they decided it didn't really work and blah, blah, blah. But so we're going to talk about Loki because we've been chomping at the bit to talk about Loki for quite a while. Loki has now completed its run. It will be back for a second season. That's not exactly a spoiler because he's Loki. They're not going to kill off Loki. So calm down. He's not a spoiler. He makes way too much money. And he, and he gives us too much fun. And Black Widow, but I'm going to start with Black Widow instead. So Black Widow. It's, okay, we'll start with Black Widow. It's been a while since Marvel movies have been at the theater. And finally, Black Widow comes out. Black Widow was supposed to be out, gosh, what is it, 16 months ago? And then the pandemic hit. So they said, yeah, let's not release this to no crowds whatsoever. And so far, it is the biggest hit of the pandemic era which it's going to get passed and passed and passed as more and more theaters open up and people feel more comfortable. So, you know, whatever. Interesting. Before I get into the movie, though, so in six days, pulled in $100 million, which is pretty good these days. Now, very Marvel is, is and Disney, since Disney owns Marvel, and it is on Disney+, Plus, except it's through their premium offering, which is basically their their horrific idea of, Yes, you're subscribing to our service, and we're going to charge you $29.99 to access this film. You're not really renting the film. You're accessing the film. I believe it's called Premier Access. And you can watch it as many times as you want, as long as you're subscribing to Disney+. Plus. 
So once you decide you're no longer subscribing to Disney Plus, your premier access that you paid thirty frickin' dollars for is gone. What utter crap! I hate that. Despite the fact that I hate that, I actually thought about doing that because that way my kids can watch it. Because my kids live in a different state, and my son said, "Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that of that model." And it's like, "Yeah, okay, you convinced me." So they can put their own bill and go see it at the theaters. But I did see the movie, <laughs> and so only the second movie I've seen at the theaters. I first thing I saw was A Quiet Place Part Two, and now I've seen Black Widow. So. Maybe eventually I'll see something original because obviously Black Widow is a continuation of a lot of films, although it's a prequel and it's also a sequel. So and it's its own standalone thing. So, hey, yeah. So <clears throat> this takes place shortly after. Shortly after the Civil War issue and shortly after. Was it shortly after? Yeah, Cap and Winter Soldier. So. So everyone's on the run. Our good guys are on the run. Cap is out in the wind. Widow is out in the wind. And Everybody else has been captured. Uh-oh. And Widow <clears throat> decides to, eh, I think she's going to go back and take care of some unfinished business. So she goes back to take care of some unfinished business. Finds out that, oh, that family is still there. She thought her family was gone. They give you a prequel lead in probably last 15 20 minutes or so where she was reared in ohio and as part of basically a sleeper cell family and they took off and that's how she wound up in the red room along with her younger sister so she went through the red room program and if you don't know what the red room program is it's like you've not been paying attention to the black widow ever so i'm not going to explain it anyway so she finally winds up and finds her sister and she tries to tell her, like, we got to take down the Red Room, which is this horrible system. And it gets more complicated from there. Oh, it turns out mom and dad are still around. Uh, dad is an interesting character. Dad is <laughs> dad is uh, Red Guardian, who is a character who's been in the Marvel Universe for decades, played by David Harbour. Um I started to say David Gilmore, and I'm like, that is wrong. But. Might have been, might have been better. Uh, <clears throat> Harbor's good in the role, but I don't like what they did with the role. Basically, he is Mr. Impossible, but the now Mr. Impossible, the, as in just like he's a he's a has been superhero. He's out of shape. He can't really do this stuff anymore. But he doesn't really have the backstory of ever proving that he ever was anybody. In, in, Mr. Impossible or Mr. Incredible? Mr. Incredible. Sorry. Thank you. I was like, Impossible is a Marvel guy, but he's green and he's a pop Yeah, different, different. Sorry, thank you, Mr. Incredible. <clears throat> so so Harbor keeps on talking about how it's like, uh, that. oh, he fought Captain America and blah, 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 and someone in prison, because he's been in prison because he didn't pay off exactly what they wanted him to do, so they throw him in prison, as in Russia throws him in prison. And a guy mentions, like, hmm, that was like in the 80s. Captain America didn't come out of the ice until 2000, blah, blah, blah. And he punches, or I can't remember if he punches the guy or breaks his arm or whatever. He, he, uh, they, were do, they were arm wrestling. And he they broke were arm wrestling. Arm. And he broke this guy's arm. So he keeps on bragging about all his great exploits, but there's never any proof that he ever actually, ever actually did anything. And I think that's a big mistake for the character because it kind of makes him of a buffoon. It's like, and he, yeah. he, he does some good things, but... He never really pays off his – he easily could have just been some – I mean, yeah, he is 
something of a super soldier, not to the extent of Cap, but yeah, he does have. But it, other than breaking the guy's arm and managing to make a few pretty cool jumps and stuff, he really never pays off as a dangerous character, which to me makes him less interesting. So I, I don't, it's not that I dislike the fact that he's the comedy relief, because he is, because the film needs it. And he does a great job of it, and that part's written, but they just needed to make him be a legitimate. At one point, he was worth something. You know, they had a couple sequences there where I thought they were going to mimic Cap holding the helicopter down. There's a very obvious point where they could have done it. It wasn't a helicopter, but they could have done something similar, and they didn't. And, you know, it's like you missed some opportunities there. So There were a number of missed opportunities in this movie. Yeah. Now, I... I just from prepo, hi Ted. Ha <laughs> I got there for you, did. Just from prepo, I believe I like this film quite a bit more than you did. I know I liked it more than you did. I like this movie quite a bit. As my daughter said, she has a problem because, well, you know she's gonna, you know Natasha's gonna live because she has to because she's got to be dead in another movie. So the overall tension really isn't there. You know, Yelena, who is the other widow. Basically, everybody knows she's going to be the new widow. You know, she's got to live. So they're working. They're kind of walking on a tightrope to begin with. It's similar to the Spider-Man film when it came out. And everybody knew in Endgame. It's like, well, he knows he's going to be back because they're making a Spider-Man movie. And it's like, yeah, okay. So you have to just kind of set that aside. So setting that aside, and that is something of a handicap. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know ScarJo's going to make it. You know Flopew. <laughs> I love saying Flopew. Actually, I don't. That's pretty horrible. But, you know, it's Florence Pugh. I'm sorry. If it's ScarJo, it's it's Flopew, which is <clears throat> disgusting. Change your name. Uh, so, you know, she's going to make it. However, a lot of the set pieces are really good. There is a lot of excellent comic relief. There's an one of the best... To me, one of the funniest situations that Marvel has done, it's almost up there with, he's a friend from work, is Yelena, again, the little sister of Natasha, gives her crap about, why do you do that that hero landing, that three-point stance? Why do you do that? Why do you do that pose all the time? It's just, I don't do a pose. And of course, she does the pose. She does the pose later. And at one point, and this is hardly a spoiler, but at one point, then... Elena does the pose, and she just kind of like, oh, God. She's just kind of disgusted with herself that she did I the feel pose. dirty for doing it. You know, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So there are some really funny parts to this, of this movie. There's some really good tension. Ray Winstone plays the big baddie, Drakeoff. And I love the fact that Loki, we will talk about Loki in a little while. Loki mentioned Drakeoff's daughter which is a clue to something that happens in this movie. I don't know, how many decades ago was that when he gave Natasha crap about Drakoff's daughter? That was, oh my God, the first Avengers film. That's been a while. And they pay off that comment. Marvel pays attention to what they're doing for the most part. There are a few things that, that they did miss. There was... And I did like this, a Crimson Dynamo reference. Yes, which was hilarious. Well, uh, the, the, and if people don't know this, Crimson Dynamo is the Russian version of Iron Man. Yes. 
And I think they missed something with this. I, I mean, I would have loved to have seen him because he was part of a group called the Soviet Super Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> two of which were Darkstar and Vanguard, who were mutants. But Look, you know, another missed mutant opportunity. But it could pay off because they're going to do another Black Widow movie at some point. Yeah, probably, yes. And uh, minor spoiler, if you don't want to hear it, go for the next 10 seconds. Uh, Red Guardian, he lives, and and so does Mom. So, okay, now you can listen again. So, yeah, they could definitely come back, and that would be a really good time to bring in Crimson Dynamo. But the way they brought in Crimson Dynamo is very, very funny. And it's nice that they paid service to that character. The post-credit scene sets it up to go into a, I'm not going to tell you which one, but an upcoming Marvel TV series. Yep. Um. Or a film. No, no, no. The, the, uh, he has his own. Uh, see, you're making me spoil it. <laughs> it's a what? It's a male character in the Marvel Universe? No, can't be. Because we've already used Widow. Who else is? And Scarlet Witch has already gotten her TV series. So anyway. Yeah, there you go. Not my idea. Bring in more women characters. Um, I will say that the post credit sequence that sets this up has a character in it that we did see in a previous uh, Marvel TV series. Really not liking the. I didn't like the, I don't even like the actress. Um, So I'm really not liking the character, especially since it's basically this character shows up and starts a whole bunch of crap based on a lie that we all know is a lie. And I'm sorry, we get enough of that crap outside the MCU. I don't need it in the MCU as well. <laughs> I think that but, might be the point. But uh, yeah, I, I know it is. But no, no, I, I want escapism from my movies. Thank you. Um, I have six words to sum up this movie. And I think it works really well. The six words are Mission Impossible 8 was pretty good. <laughs> true i mean that, that that's what this was the, the, the you know some of the some of them are superhero movies and some of them have been comedy superhero movies and space adventure movies this was mission this was a mission impossible movie pretty much it was so which, I'm, which is that's to me that's the strength of marvel is they make all these like you said they make comedy action films they make science fiction films they made an espionage film they made a Mission Impossible film now with this one. They all, for the most part, really, really work. This is I, this is not I, the best Marvel film, but it's far from the worst for me. I mean, um, I mean, they're, they're doing such a good job. They're getting nominated for awards in weird places. <laughs> they are because uh, it, it, the the list of Emmy nominees came out this week, and I'm not knocking the nominees for Wandavision, which Paul Bettany and. Uh, Olsen, Mary Kate is wrong. Elizabeth, Elizabeth? Yes. thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, it, I told you I've got a cold. I'm not thinking straight. That's what it is. They both got nominated for best actor and actress for Wandavision. I'm not knocking that. As they should. But in pre-pro, hi Ted. <laughs> we both went. Don Cheadle got nominated for best cameo in a miniseries, and both of us went. He was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I honestly, I don't remember him being. I love Don Cheadle, but yeah. I don't don't remember that. But okay, 
I mean, I remember him. I remember him in the role, and I remember him doing that. But there was so Don Cheadle himself. His reaction was what? Because <laughs> there's almost nothing to what he does, and Don Cheadle is a phenomenal actor. And and what he does in this is very good. But it's a very short scene. There's, I mean, yeah, there's some gravitas to it because it does. It is a, a plot point, and it does help move the thing along. But really, you have awards for this? Are you kidding me? It's like you get too many awards if you're given awards for scenes of that length and impact. That's just bizarre. Again, nothing to do with the work. Just this is not a knock on Don Cheadle. Right. It's it's just a knock on the Emmy process. That's just ridiculous. Well, I, I'll throw the Oscar process into it too, because. Uh, what was it when uh, Jack Nicholson got nominated for A Few Good Men for having a a really good scene, but a scene? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I but, can't handle the award nomination process. But I am happy that they recognize Paul Bettany and especially Elizabeth Olsen because yeah. too often, oh, it's science fiction, that doesn't count. That seems to be the attitude of the academies the Emmy's not as bad as the oscars but which doesn't make any sense no it doesn't make any sense but i was really glad to see her recognized because she does some incredible work in this so does don Cheadle, but don Cheadle did about i don't know two and a half minutes worth of work so it was two and a half really good minutes but that's not exactly worth an award but i was really happy to see that they saw what elizabeth olsen did and it's like yeah that's some quality work because it really is Excellent, excellent work. So overall, good job, <coughs> guys, girls. So that brought us back to Marvel TV. And it did. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I haven't gotten to the last episode yet. You're a sad person. I am. I've been sick. Shut up. <laughs> well, don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we're talking about Loki. Uh, six whole episodes. So now you can binge it. And each episode is like, what, 45 to 48 minutes long. And about six minutes of that is credits. So you can knock out the entire Loki miniseries. The entire Loki miniseries. In about four hours. So it's the length of basically two movies. Uh, and it has, one of the Rings movie. Yeah, or one Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, really, really like this show. I'm not sure if I liked which of the three series I've liked the best so far, because they're all so different. Again, going back to how Marvel can do this. So WandaVision is almost indescribable. I mean, it starts off as this parody of situation comedies with the backstory, and gradually the backstory gets more important as we go along. Then you get Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which, again, is very much like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which, of course, it finally becomes Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but it's a very deep espionage film with super-powered people thrown in the middle of it and political commentary, very important, and commentary about society, very important in the, in the show, so that's a great show. And then you have Loki, which is... I almost don't know what the hell Loki is. Loki, it's this <laughs> science fantasy but has a lot of comedy in it, which really all of the Marvel pieces do. But you've got, it's also a character study 
of a character who's constantly changing because Loki is growing as a person in, throughout this series. Although maybe he isn't at some points, and then he is, and then or may, or is he? Or is he just lying because he's Loki? So it's really really fun to watch. Tom Hiddleston is like phenomenally wonderful actor, which Marvel has kind of a knack for finding the right people for the right roles. Totally finding the right people for the right roles. Yeah. Um, has some interesting surprises. Uh, the biggest surprise to me was that Owen Wilson, because when I saw Owen Wilson was cast as part of it, and I thought, oh, for God's sakes, no. Because I'm not a big fan of Owen Wilson. Um, <laughs> I've seen a couple films in him that I thought he did a really good job, but, but too often to me, he's Owen Wilson over and over and over. And he's fun, but okay, I don't really want to see that character again. But it completely works in this series. I think Owen Wilson does a really good job in this. Very, very good. Uh, he's kind of an Owen Wilson character, but it fits. And I have to believe they wrote the part for him because he's too much of an Owen Wilson character. But totally works. Um, yeah, basically the premise is Loki grabbed the Tesseract, ran away, wound up in some weird other dimension, and people come to hassle him, and they tell him, "Is like, okay, variant, come with us. And Loki, being, of course, a god, tells them, yeah, I don't think I'm going to... And they shut him down immediately, and then he finds out that, oh, look, in, in this weird little universe, the Infinity Stones are basically paperweights. Like, literally, people are just... They haven't tossed in a drawer because they're, they don't do anything here. So the rules are very different here, and he finds out, oh, there are Time Lords. Not Time Lords, but... Not Doctor Who and Time Lords, but... Basically. And he's trying to figure out, how can I play this to my advantage? And then he starts thinking more and more, do I really want to play this to my advantage, or do I just want to try to fix things? So he's... You follow him in this arc as things go along. New characters are introduced, and he is a variant, meaning there is more than one Loki. And episode four... There are fun Lokis that pop up. Episode 5, there are even more fun Lokis that pop up, including, I'm sure you've heard by now, Alligator Loki. Croaky. Which is, no, he's not croaky, because that would be Crocodile Loki, and they chose to make him an alligator. I don't know why, because if they had made him a crocodile, then he could have been croaky, and they should have, but they didn't. But he's Alligator Loki. Uh, And for some reason, Alligator Loki was in the um, writing room, Early in the process, someone thought, you know, it'd be cool to have an alligator Loki. That was in. I, I'm actually going back and reading a lot of the old Thor books where Loki was, of course, the recurring bad guy. Yes. That was a thing, uh, him getting turned into an alligator for a while. Kind of like the uh, thing I'm where Thor of, got turned into a frog. Frog, yes. And Frog Thor does show up, although just as kind of a very brief cameo. And I can't believe, I'm, well, I'm sure, because... That's next Emmys, but I'm sure Frog Thor will be nominated for an Emmy next year for a cameo, even though he's just kind of a quick bit. Well, but, Don played him, so... Yeah, there you go. So lots of, lots of Easter eggs, probably more Easter eggs in the Loki series than there were in WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is a lot, because there That's were a lot. lot in those, yeah. <clears throat> there are a ton in this. I mean, you definitely are going to have to either sit there forever and freeze frame it and go... Or just, you know, watch any of the 10,000 YouTube videos that are just on the Easter eggs. But very, very entertaining. Very good payoff. Uh, We do have the villain that most people expected was going to show up. 
as the main villain, although he's really not the main villain. The main villain doesn't really show up. And you'll just have to watch episode six to find out what I mean. But when you see it, you'll know what I mean. So it definitely sets it up for Loki season two, which is a very good thing for the universe or all the universes. For his universe. Uh, For his. Uh, Definitely sets up the multiverse, which, of course, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming up. Uh, So it, it does a really good job of tying in threads from various films and moving on to the next phase. So very well done as far as just a connecting piece, but also works really well as just a standalone thing. Cause, my God, it's, it's, it's four hours of Tom Hiddleston. And it's, pro- okay, it's not four hours of Tom Hiddleston. It's probably only three hours and 42 minutes of Tom Hiddleston because there might be like 12 minutes that he's not in there. But I just screwed up on the math. I meant 18 minutes. But lots of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Very interesting character arc. Kind of loops around like several times. Uh, has an interesting relationship. Uh, maybe. Uh, actually, it's the perfect relationship for like a character who is probably the ultimate narcissist, which is Loki. So couldn't be a better relationship for Loki. Uh but really cool characters. I really enjoyed the show. Totally. I I don't know. I keep waiting for them to drop the ball at some point. But so far, they're not doing it. <clears throat> and there's no signs of it. MODOK. Yeah, I don't really count MODOK because I try to forget it. That, that's probably for the best. I have a feeling that maybe... Feige doesn't like the character and said, you know what, let's just let's just give it to Pat Oswalt and let him do whatever the hell he wants with it. And we'll just send it to Hulu. That'll be fun. I've watched, <laughs> I think, six episodes of MODOK. And, and it isn't that it's bad. It's just that it's and we've talked about this before, uh, but it's just such a waste of, of the character. That's it that's is. the problem. It's a waste of the character because MODOK. Yeah, it's a bizarre character is like, uh, OK, so like. A living planet is not a bizarre character. They made that work. Uh, a raccoon, a space raccoon with a tree for his buddy. Yeah, they made that work. Pretty sure they could make a giant head. who is really only about the size of a person. Pretty sure they could have made that work. So, you know, the concept is like, well, it's such an outrageous character. It's like, really? Modok has nothing on some characters that have sucked down like half a billion freaking dollars at the box office. So, have yeah. Have you looked at a mirror lately? They could have made it work. So, yeah, that that's the only problem. The real problem I have with MODOK is that it could they could have done so much more with it. It's not that it's a bad show, but it's just like, yeah, okay. It's, it's last thing I'll say about MODOK, hopefully ever, from the people who did Robot Chicken, should have been better. Because it's <laughs> not as funny as Robot Chicken. It just isn't. So, there you go. There we go. <clears throat> what, three movies in a TV show that are worth watching and one you should probably skip. That's okay. Chances are you didn't even know it existed, so you're skipping it anyway. That's good. True. Just saying. But, you know, going back around to the Olympic thing, the Olympics are starting this week, but 
No spectators are allowed because there is another COVID variant wandering around. So <clears throat> what that means is it still exists, even yes. if you're vaccinated, which you should be by now. Yeah. It's not completely safe out there. So the best thing to do, either wear a mask if you're going out or stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?